So welcome back to now episode three of the How Are We Still Married podcast. How with, are we still married? Yes, with well, Beth and Ted. I don't even know where we left. Well, that reminds me of the Demopolis. Beth, Ted, Beth, Ted, yeah. back and forth. <laughs> because the guy had no transcript to go by. Yeah. Ridiculous. We, we'd do our news stories and I'd read one and I'd go, Beth, and then... Very seriously, you'd read yours back, Ted. Like, yeah. well, okay. Because we the... were just saying it very lightly, mm-hmm. so that supposedly the audience wouldn't hear, but that the camera guy could hear, so he'd know to go swish, swish, uh-huh. swish back yeah, and that forth. Was... We'll have to find. We oh must. We must have some tapes from that somewhere. We've got. Uh, oh. Yeah, we've got a bunch of other stuff, so I'm sure we do. But yeah. So we left off where we were in Birmingham, um, which which actually worked out pretty well for us. We were there for a couple of years. Two years was a long streak. For that is us. a long streak for us. <clears throat> but uh, each of us were at the time trying to. Didn't we live in two different apartments because we just were so bored with ourselves? We had to move in town. Didn't we live in? No, we lived in three. Three. Diff- three, three apartments. Three apartments we're in, the, we're in, in two the and a half town. years in the same town. For two and a half years. Because we just love moving. Boxes, boxes, boxes. Yeah, because we moved to that first place. And then, then we moved to a place that got robbed. Well, I couldn't go back in there. Yeah. I, I had to go straight home to my mother. And you wouldn't stay with my mother. And so we had to we had to find a new place. We were robbed. We, we came home. The door was partially open. We come in and our cat is like frozen. We had been to a movie. There. So it's yeah. the middle of the night. And our backsliding glass door uh-huh. was like the, the curtain was blowing out the window. And Ted got a butter knife. <laughs> and walked upstairs very quietly on tiptoes with his butter knife. I never felt so safe and so protected by my man. I just wanted to see if the guy wanted anything on his toast. So I was gonna gonna help him out some jam, I didn't even some jelly, some butter. Why are you dry? Why are you having that butter knife in your hand? Well, yeah, I, t- I told you to to stay outside and. Uh, and I would get the butter but knife. But I didn't. I was, no, so, I, I was so afraid you were going to be killed with the butter knife <laughs> that I came to the downstairs landing and followed you up. We were in a little town home. I could have made some severe bruises on the guy with that butter knife. He probably wouldn't have healed up for at least a week. He'd have bruises all over his arms yeah. from my butter knife. But. Yeah. But we didn't even stay there that night. We just packed up midnight and went up to my mom's and spent yeah. the night. And then, then went on to another apartment in Birmingham. And then, then we were both always like, okay, we've got to always trying to do more and yeah. more and more and more. And and then, you we know, just so thought I was, we were so much bigger than the city that we were in. Yes. I think our heads were so enormous. Yes. So ridiculous. <laughs> so eventually you were offered a job in Baltimore. Well, I got, I was let go. Yeah. Cause my little t- little station WAPI wanted to go back to big band. Two and a half years of me interrupting their format midday to do the Beth Albright show, where I literally chased down in my car, probably the Murata, in a city bus so they could pull the bus over and take a picture. And we have that photo, we have which it. we're putting on our Patreon yeah. page so that you, so you can, can see, see this. All the people the on Beth the bus. Beth Albright show when she's <laughs> 20, what, 26 years old having no, her own bus No, not even. Board. Not even. I think I was yeah. like 23 or 24. But all the people on the bus are looking out of the window like, what the actual hell is she doing? <laughs> Some young girl chased down a bus. This day and time, I would the police would have been called. Yeah. But the bus driver was so nice, and he stopped, and I had my camera in the car. I couldn't believe I had my name on the side of a bus board. Oh, my God. <laughs> WAPI was so good to me. Well, we and then were, all of a sudden, they let me go for no we, reason. We were the big media couple. We had that article in, um, the what was that, the Alumni Association, University of Alabama, 
alumni yeah. association book. And but we also had our newspaper. picture in the paper. Yeah, yeah in the, new, the Birmingham me- News. They're featuring all media couples. There was so three of us, us who came up with that idea to get us all publicity. Well, good, the good publicity PR hound. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. But anyway, we both thought, well, we're we're better than than Birmingham, and we needed to move on. But and, they and asked me to come back, and dummy me, where I loved working, I said, no, you're not going to get me back. That yeah, because easy. I so, I'm going to the big market because in Baltimore. I so wanted to quit my my good job and uh, and follow you to to Baltimore, where I had had nothing. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know. So, but so, little did we know, the Baltimore job wasn't real. <gasps> what so, about that guy in the basement? What? Remember that guy? That guy I thought I was... That's why they eventually oh let me God. go. Oh, my God. I've totally forgot I think about... that's why they eventually let me go, because they thought I was looking for another job, and that kid in the basement was pretending. Oh, he was pretending. He had a great voice, but he, I found that he was only like 13 or 14 years old. So Beth got... Uh, she was sending stuff out and saw some listing for some job in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And so you sent them a resume, you yep. sent them a tape, and then and you got on the phone with this yes, guy. Yes, and, and he, he says, was so interested. Oh, I, I think that you were, you'd be great. I think we want to hire you at our station. It was some radio station, yep. supposedly in Cincinnati. And well, no, it was a real station. It's just that he, he just didn't using, actually work there. Yeah, and and so so he was in his basement. You, they, I think they kind of dropped. Uh, drop talking to you. So we decided to drive up to Cincinnati or something. Or no, two. I had an appointment with him. I was going but to was, meet what him. What was the guy going to do? I don't think he thought I was going to come. I think he got in way deeper than he thought because he was a little kid. Yeah. So we, we go up to Cincinnati. There's we And so I don't remember. Leave it to me to find like a really good job in a big market. <laughs> and it's some kid in a basement. Yeah. Well, that's not the best job. So we somehow we track down the guy's house. Yeah. And we ring the doorbell in this little neighborhood in Cincinnati. And didn't the the mom come to the door and say, oh, you've been fooled by... Yeah, but we were already... We were had driven all the way from Birmingham. From Birmingham to Cincinnati. Um, yeah, and, and we were yelling at her and, and the kid got called up from the basement. I don't even know what his real name was, but I mean, I was <laughs> devastated. I was <laughs> I crying my eyes out. I think that's why they let me go because they thought I was looking to leave. I know. I, th- I think that did have part... But uh, yeah, but then when, once it. they let me go, then I went to the newspaper as I always do because I'm looking for publicity 24 seven. And I went to the newspaper and I said there was no reason for them to let me go. And I was really sad and I didn't know what to do. And they didn't let me say goodbye to my audience. And then I think Bernie Barker felt really bad. And then they asked me to come back and I was elated. But, you know, my head was so big because I was 20 something. And I said, oh, no, I'm going to Baltimore. But that, where there's yeah, not that was a real after, job also. after Beth was. Well, yeah, we'll have to tell that story. <laughs> so after she was she was offered a job in Baltimore, it was tough for me because I would have to give up. I was, you know, this big time reporter well and had been weekend anchor and mm-hmm. had been at the station for a while. I was always obviously trying to send stuff out and, and get another job somewhere. We and, were competing. Yeah, the, so we like, we oh, forgot she, to say the marriage deal. One. Yeah. We made an agreement. How did people say, how are you still married? Well, what we did is we made an agreement right before we got married, we were engaged and we said, how are we going to do this with both of us in the media? And we know people have to move around all the time. We'll make an agreement that we'll swear to stick by, just like our marriage vows. Whoever has the bigger job in the bigger market, the other person has to quit. And that became an issue because the other person would quit their job, go, 
And then all of a sudden, that next person would start looking for a job. So the new person would have to quit six months later. <laughs> See, I never thought I'd have to quit. So that, that I'd always <laughs> oh, be the one thought you were to, to get, get the great jobs. jobs but. So here was our first dilemma, two but, and a half years into Birmingham. Yeah, and here been, we were. You had been fired. And you had gotten this job offer in, in Baltimore. Huge market. Top 20 it market. Was, it, they, it was supposedly a radio network. It wasn't even a local station. Yes. It was a radio network that was starting up. It was going to be all over the nation. Yeah. And and, they, and the price was double. They were going to pay me double what I was making. So that would be what you and I were making together. Which at that time we were talking, I think we were both making 15000 right. a year. <laughs> so right. making double, moving to Baltimore for thirty, so that I could, I could be the house husband uh-huh. and... Uh, and, I, I thought, and that forced you to quit a job, which was a huge problem. Yeah, that was, and that that is that's a tough thing to do, especially for a guy. Even though you're know, not supposed to have those those sexist kinds of, roles. Yeah, but <laughs> but that's tough. And then my my dad, your dad was like, you're, from the old you're school, you're going to quit and follow your wife around. What you know? What kind he of? He was not my biggest fan. <laughs> well, you know, but. Well, because I was a very highly driven, ambitious woman, and I didn't plan to stay home and be a housewife. I wanted, I wanted to be Barbara Walters. Then I wanted to be Oprah. Yeah, which is all fine. But, but you know, you <laughs> lost your job, and then I have to quit mine. So, but I had the job in the bigger market, and that was the agreement. <laughs> so I got the job in Baltimore. That left you having to quit. So that that I, was a huge problem. So that was that was a struggle. Uh, I th- I thought, well, I I can get something. I wanted to sort of, I was done, kind of. It was Birmingham. in Birmingham and, and near and my, all mother. That. my mother. No, she's well, <laughs> she was fine. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So we, we moved to Baltimore. We, we found a great place in the little Italy section of Baltimore, which is right in the middle of downtown. Um, and this old, old row house, we had the upper two, section over two floors. Yeah. Two floors, of, like a big loft kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool area of Baltimore. So big we could walk brick fireplace, beamed ceilings. I mean, it was a very cool place. The whole area smelled of uh, Italian food because there's all these old Italian restaurants. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit uh, back then it was on the edge of the sketchiness, you know, which Baltimore well, in general w- is kind of sketchy. One street over but... was the neighborhood projects. Yeah. The, one street. Yeah. yeah. And so sketchy was, it was super sketchy. Baltimore still to this day is not the safest city. And back then it, it was probably even less, but, but it was neat because it's mostly, we didn't care. No, it was mostly old Italian people wandering around and we could walk you know, to the Harbor, walk to the Harbor, it was wonderful. go to all those restaurants mm-hmm. and, and all of that. But, um, so that part of it was good. But then when you go to your station station in, well, in quote marks it wasn't. for it w- the very first day, yeah. why don't you explain what happened there? Um, it was a big cafeteria style table. So a long fold out table and a piano bench and a microphone sitting in the middle of it. And there was no radio station. It was a warehouse. I had not been up to see the station. They hired me over the phone. Um, sent paperwork. So I thought it was legit. Somebody in Birmingham had recommended it. Um, and so I thought, I never thought, is this real or not? Because I'd already been through the guy in Cincinnati in the basement. So I thought that was a one-off. <laughs> that's the one and that's the, who, who would think that would happen again? But they were claiming this was a radio network and they gave us a list of, because before you came, you said, we need to see a list of affiliates. No, no, no. Know. That was after I got there. That was after I got there. And I was on, I was on the air and I kept, my first day on, I thought, where are the callers? Nobody was calling in. And I kept looking at the the control, the operator, and he and he would just shake his head. And I and, and so then I thought, well, I'm going to start offering money. I'll send, I would give $50 to the first caller. Um, nobody called. 
And it was, wasn't until I said $100 that Helen from Billings, Montana called in and I thought, oh, well, we do have at least like one listener because she wanted her $100. But my brother was in broadcasting, um, in broadcast engineering, just like my stepfather who got us to Demopolis. And um, one day I said, I need a list um, of the stations, the affiliates that we are, we are on. So I could say hello to whatever affiliate, and maybe I could get some calls that way. They gave me a list of affiliates, and um, WNPT in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where I got my start in radio, doing radio promos and commercials when I was 18 and still in high school, um, was on the list. And my brother was the engineer. While he was still in college, he was their engineer. And I called him up, and I said, are you running me? And he's like, well, no. And so then we started calling all the stations on the list and nobody ever heard of us. The whole thing was fake. Uh, yeah, I called a bunch of them because um, we just go down that list. We found Billings, Montana was like the <laughs> one place where that where your friend. Lucky me, where I had to send her a hundred bucks. So and I think that was the only one that said that they actually aired it. Others, others said, I, I think what the list they had sent out were stations they were trying to get. But I don't think anybody had oh, really signed. Honey, but, the whole thing had to be money laundering well, or something. It was it was not real. I don't know. There was n it was not real. It was not real. Yeah, but I but the, it was on the satellite because you said Bruce, your brother, could pick it up. It, he could find it on the satellite, but that but none nobody of, was carrying. No, it. nobody in the country but Billings, Montana. So and you had like a four hour show. Yeah, with and, nobody calling. And so me sitting in Baltimore during your what you were on from like ten to to two, two in yep, the afternoon. Yep. Um, I would sit at home and you'd tell me what your subject is because I obviously couldn't hear it either. And I'd do different voices and call in yeah. <laughs> as different people from different cities right. just so you would have somebody oh to talk God. to and not go totally nuts. Yeah. I remember, yeah, you, you'd tell me, okay, the topic how today. Is, how do we have such bad luck? <laughs> I mean, look at this, the guy that's in Cincinnati and then now now this crap in Baltimore. Like, what the hell? See, I think it's, it's all... now. The trend is coming that it's all your stuff that is the bad luck. That oh, th uh, thank yeah, you. So. Yeah. Well, you stayed home and you made the phone calls and you helped me out because I mean I can talk to no one for many hours, as you know. But four hours every single day was getting to be like, oh my god, like what am I going to do now? I'm starting going to start reading the phone book. Well, I know, and that's why I'd have to call in. Yeah, because you'd call me and say, "There's nobody calling. Can you can you be so and so?" So I just I never you know, had that problem. We had calls stacked up at both WERC and W. API where I was a radio talk show host, I would run out of time to get all the people in. Well, sure. And you can, and you could, people can probably tell here, you could talk, you know, without anybody for a long time, but, <laughs> right. but when you're doing a radio show, it sort of involves other people, you know, talking too. Yeah. So, so, um, I, we, we had a lot of conversations with my different voices, uh, yeah. you know, too. And, and then your friend Helen in, in Billings, did, Montana. She only wanted the hundred dollars. <laughs> and so once I did that, then I got into a lot of trouble because I had to send her a hundred dollars out of my own pocket. Um, and we didn't have a whole lot of money. That, that nice little apartment was expensive, but they made me pay her myself. Well, I remember one of the other hosts there too, he offered like a thousand dollars. Yes, he did. At, because they, uh, Beth wasn't the only one that they that had fallen into this. There were several like people who had been big, big names, names yep. in the past who then they hired to be at this at this station and, and everybody would like talk about it like, mm -hmm. what in the heck is this? I don't 
don't think he had a taker because I think Billings, Montana was only on during my block and he was doing either afternoon drive or evening. And I don't think he got a taker. And that's when he quit. He, nobody even wants a thousand dollars. I'm ready to pay somebody a thousand dollars to prove to me that somebody is out there and we haven't <laughs> all been duped into this piece of crap, whatever it was. Yeah. So, so once you started investigating, yikes. Um, yeah. and they found out that you were investigating, and, yep. there were some issues that sort of came up. Uh, we started getting phone calls at our nice little apartment saying, um, we know where you live. And then they'd hang up on us. They were all threats. And we got worried that somebody who might be, you know, doing something really seedy knew where we were and knew that I was investigating. So I remember we moved our mattress downstairs in front of the fireplace so we could make a bolt for it. We yeah, wouldn't be the in the front in the door. Loft. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We moved it to the front door so we could get out. I mean, we were scared to freaking death there. Well, and on on top of that, you know, sure that place was really nice, but it was really old and we and then we thought we had a ghost. Oh, in, we did have our, a ghost. There's no thinking about it. Yeah. We did. I challenged her and she showed up. We had two cats and it, we had this back room in the far back end of our apartment there that the cats either they would come out of there with their hair straight on in yeah, yeah. or they wouldn't go back there at all. But every time they, they were back there, they would just go kind of nuts. And then when I was cooking, the kitchen was super cool and an old fireplace in it. And every once in a while, I'd feel a freezing cold breeze and the smell of joy perfume, old, old joy perfume from like the 19, you know, sixties would come wafting through. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't believe that stuff so much either, but, I I was, <laughs> but in the, in the hall, sometimes you would get like this cold this, breeze. I I just remember the smell of that perfume. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I oh, went, and, then, and then we had that weird thing in our fireplace too. One time we were, we were, we had our we were, we were having a fire in our fireplace, and then the fire sort of shot up out oh, of the out fireplace of the fireplace and burned our Christmas stockings yeah, that we had up, up the chimney on the outside of the chimney in our home. Yeah, in, yeah, up the and hearth. the flames were going up the front and of they, the, the fireplace. They burned the, the the bottoms of our stockings. That's because that the cold draft, in. probably. Well, I don't know. Some sort of ghost uh, yeah, thing. So. She was was not happy. The woman who we, we, I went downstairs, an interesting couple that lived downstairs. The woman was highly educated, but didn't, had not found a job. And she was about my age and she, she lived downstairs with her lawyer husband. So while he was at work, she would do research on the place we all lived in. And so one day I went down there to find out, you're like, are you guys having weird crap going on here too? Like cold breezes, weird perfume. And she said, yes, that all the time. And they would always have, they had their car stolen like twice, two yeah, or three times. No, several times. And then yeah. they brought it back. The car would wind up coming back. So it'd be gone, but like the ghost wasn't that evil. And so then the ghost would make sure the car <laughs> the came ghost, back. We see the ghost in the car. Ah, I feel bad. I, yeah. need to, I need to bring that car back. <laughs> right. But she told but me. They, yeah. I remember that, they said they had a lot of bad luck there too. And, and so they that's researched when you figured it. out. No, she researched oh, okay, it. Yeah. And she told me that there was a woman who had owned the three floors of this apartment and the woman sold it when all of her children moved out and her husband died. The woman was going to sell it so that she could go and live with one of her children. But the deal was in in the paperwork that she was the whoever bought it was not to divide it up and create apartments. And that's exactly what had happened. We had the top two floors. The lawyer couple had the bottom floor. And the woman said to me, they've divided up this place. And that woman is mad. So she wanted she everybody, wanted everybody out. out. So she was steal gonna... the car, bring it back, scare us half to death, scare our cats. And we all left. Well, 
Yeah, I don't know if they had anything nope. to do with with your job because that was <laughs> <laughs> that was enough to get us out of there too. But. Yeah, those those I remember so vividly those Frank Frank uh, phone calls coming in and those the whisper that would say, "We know where you live. We know what you're doing." And on top you of that, you should stop what you're doing. Yeah, and then you know the worry of the ghost, and then you know we were like I said in sort of a seedy area at, at times, and sort of on the fringe, and so we get those police search helicopters and we had some high windows like some skylight windows up at the top I remember seeing those searchlights come in yeah you know as yeah. the police helicopter circled our place eventually and, we were just scared out of our minds and where did we go running home to alabama to my mama <laughs> but so so you quit they well did you quit or did they oh no I no no they, they i wanted to be fired so i could collect unemployment <laughs> Jeez. It wasn't a good idea to, for me to quit. wasn't too difficult for that to happen. No. Yeah. And oh, so that was after you. So, I did the bladder show. So she was trying, <laughs> yeah, so she was trying to, to get fired. So she would come up with like the dumbest, the dumbest ideas of, uh, of different shows Well, incontinence, to do. I knew would do it. Four <laughs> hours of talking about incontinence. Yeah. Um, I booked a doctor. We never had a single phone call. Not even Helen from Billings, Montana called on. Well, who doesn't want to hear riveting moisture uh, and after discussions? I, and I I did this on purpose after I did four hours on the bladder in incontinence. Um, they fired me. So thank God. What? Can, yeah. can you imagine? Yeah. So we collected even at a station, our little, yeah. even at a station that nobody listens to. They don't want to certainly don't even want to hear about no, bladder. But problems. I mean, I was so fed up. I couldn't get a guest on because we didn't have any audience numbers. I could, there was just no way of winning and I needed to get out of there. So we, we needed me to be fired. So I took one for the team and um, did a incontinence incontinence for four hours. And um, then we went back to my mother's. Yeah. So Alabama. we found ourselves because I, the whole time we had been there six months, I had been looking for a job. Never found anything. Couldn't Funny thing, I was trying in Washington D.C. You know, mm. the Voice of America. Oh, but all we this did. Kind of we did get to go to to Bush One inauguration. We did. Yes, yes. that was one of the highlights <laughs> that we got to go to an inauguration. So yeah, so that was that was kind of neat. But the way the way we got in, it's funny because we had really great seats. So we were trying, we thought, oh, we'll just go down there. The I think day. we do a lot of bad things yeah. and now we're telling people all the bad things we do. <laughs> well, we went, we went down, down to DC the day of the inauguration, thought, how can we get in? We didn't want to be way back in the throngs. So we went into the, um, house of Re the representatives office buildings. Um, is, there, and, is it, was it the red? <clears throat> I don't know. Which yeah. one, one of the, wherever their offices are. And we thought we'll go try to talk to our representative from wherever we lived in Baltimore or somebody in Alabama that maybe. Beth could have some relations, you know, to that, uh, that we could maybe get some tickets, even though it was a day of. So we were walking, we're wandering, wandering, we're wandering the halls. And then on somebody's door, we see a little envelope with a couple tickets sticking out of it. It wasn't even but any the inauguration was starting like in, you know, 20 minutes. So in other words, someone hadn't picked up their tickets that was supposed Didn't to the secretary person tell us you can go ahead and get those. I think you dreamed that part up because I remember taking somebody them. Like, it, no. Well, no, if, Didn't if somebody they, give us permission? It was like, if they don't, if they're not using them now, they're not going to use them. So, so do we snatch them and run? We sort of did. I kind of remember <laughs> like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to grab those. And, Arnold Schwarzenegger was sitting near us. Joan back. Rivers with her dog was sitting yeah, near so us. Our, well, I, I thought at some point somebody was going to come over and wrestle us to the ground, but we... <laughs> They let us up through, right up front, right to the front. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger is right there. Yeah, Joan Rivers was there with her little, with her dog, with her dog. Why would you bring a dog to an inauguration? I don't know but, because she's Joan Rivers. Um, but we uh, we had great seats, and whoever didn't get those seats apparently didn't care too much because uh, nobody said anything. Nobody said anything at and all. Plus, if it was somebody important, they could probably get new tickets. Yeah, and it was it was George Bush. So yeah, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> 
but the, still, not, that was, not even not even the second George Bush. That, that's how old we are. It was the first yeah, George Bush's yeah, George inauguration. One. But it was so cool because Reagan was up there, and uh, you know, the passing of the baton yeah, and all of that. So, yeah, it so was the, that was one of our many adventures. Is the stuff that we did in D.C. Um, and, uh, running around, uh, looking for ghosts and things like that. So Baltimore was quite, quite the experience, but once it was over, uh, never looked back because between ghosts and the mob, we needed to make a run for it. We did. And so by (laughs) running for it, then we ended up going back to your mom's house for, both, Several both months, wasn't it? Two, two months where we were out of work and our stuff was in storage oh in Baltimore. God. Yeah, yeah. And our family's like shaking their heads like, oh my God, these kids are never going to do anything. They're never going to get on their feet. We had so much ambition and I think we had so much talent. We just were so full of adventure and nobody could ever tell us no. We just keep going for it. Right. And which <laughs> which is good. But then then we're just like sending things out from your, mom. from her, <laughs> your mom's place. <laughs> Um, I thought I was going to get back on in Birmingham, you know, that was the whole Cherry Hudson story, but I thought that she was going to hire me, um, at WBRC six. And for some reason that didn't happen. And we wound up at another station where we both got jobs and you were in the radio news department and I was doing promotions and having a talk show. Uh, how long was that? Four months? Uh, four yeah, months four before that, that ran out four or six, something like that. So I really believe it was only four because we moved in, in like August and we were moving to Cleveland by December, December 26th. We moved to Cleveland the day after Christmas. Yeah. So we, we did the, the whole thing there for, yeah, I was doing radio news on a show that was, it was like, a, it was a talk station. Beth had a talk show middays and then I did the news on the, the talk show that came after hers. Um, which was sort of like a controversial kind of a guy. Uh, but well, he that, was a Rush Limbaugh wannabe. Now, well, let's just yes, say it like it was. Exactly. I'm not going to name him because no. uh, he's still around doing talk radio. Yeah. And um, I hated him then and I hate him now. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, he was super, strange, super strange mean to me and very mean to me. Did not like a young female. Talk radio, even to this day, is very old school male. It's a male business. And for me, being in talk radio was always a challenge. Well, and your program director was a maniac, too. That guy was totally nuts. Well, something was wrong with him. Um, and he abused me quite badly, uh, emotionally and mentally. But I got him back. So why don't you tell the story of how you got <laughs> how you got the guy back and how it was very awkward since I was working at Weren't the same... were we only 26? So we had only been married now yes. for four years. And we've already lived... I mean, how many are we down to now? And plus, we moved in town in Birmingham. And, and we had the thing of being fired pretty much at all the places along the way. One of us, at least... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at at each place that we were. So I'm yeah, I'm working there at the same station. Yeah. Beth is doing Yeah, your afternoon her news uh, block. So you were like the big drive time news block. Yeah, and and she, he's she's being abused after she gets off her show every day by this program director yeah, who was totally I, nuts. I would go in his office and he'd say do you have any idea what size market you're in and you don't deserve to be here and and I was really good, I w- but I only wanted to do celebrities and like fluffy stuff. I didn't want to get into politicians and yelling and fighting. And the Rush Limbaugh era was just coming around and the screaming and the hanging up on people. And that just wasn't me. I was looking to interview Oprah and uh, I did. And I actually interviewed um, uh, William J. Bell, who created The Young and the Restless. And I interviewed so many celebrities and Hollywood types. And I was having the time of my life. And I thought my audience was having a good time, too. I mean, I was mid-morning. I wasn't a drive time. So why not? He didn't like it. 
And I was doing promotions and uh, promoting all the other people, including the guy I didn't like. And he would call me into his office and scream and yell and have fits. And eventually I got shingles from all the stress. I was 26 years old with oozing sores going down the side of my face. Pustules, as we call it. Pretty much. Um, And we were freezing and we had an old house. And um, I don't know, after a while, uh, I told Ted it had been four months of total abuse every single day. I had to find a new job. So here we go again. Whoever finds the bigger job in the bigger market. So he started looking and I started looking and I found the dream job, which to this day of all my talk radio jobs, the dream job in Cleveland, Ohio at WWE Cleveland. And I had the greatest boss to this day, the greatest boss I ever had, Bob Tayak. I love you, Bob, if you can listen to this. Um, he complete, completely changed my life, but he hired me and I was terrified. And he knew I was a 26-year-old terrified girl waiting to get out of the situation I was in. But so he go, flew me over on a Sunday. Yeah. So you got that offer, then go back to how you announced. Okay. So what happened was um, it was uh, a, a Tuesday. And on the Tuesday, Bob had been wonderful knowing I was under all kinds of pressure. He sent me in a FedEx envelope, all of my contracts came to my house. I left the radio station in the middle of the day, ran home, got my contracts, got them signed, went back to FedEx, overnighted them back to Bob. Once he had them in his hand Wednesday morning, he called me and said everything was set. And he's sending me the moving money and the movers were coming. They paid for our move. I mean, it was the first big job, top 10 market. I was going to be finally making almost 40,000, which was huge. I think it was like 32, but anyway. Anyway, well, I had, I had $250, um, things built into the contract where I appearance fees, yes. which, which if I went for an appearance to sign autographs, Oh my God, I love that. Or if I was in a parade, I got paid $250. Yeah. So it was a great deal. Great deal for me. Bob loved me. Bob was elated to have me. Everybody in the station was elated. I was replacing a bombastic, another Rush Limbaugh wannabe. And I was completely the opposite little Magnolia girl coming in from Alabama. And, but so anyway, what happened was um, I got off the air on Wednesday after contract signed, sealed and delivered. And uh, this idiot calls me into his office and he starts screaming at me again. And I knew I had it all in the bag, but I wanted to really upset him because I w- it was time to get him back. So I said, um, you know what? Let me go back to my office and think about what you've said. I think you're right. I, th- I think I don't, maybe I don't belong here. Maybe you're right. Maybe I do need to make some changes. Let me go think about it and I'll come back in here this afternoon. So I called payroll and I said, my aunt died. I need my check a day Which early. Which she hadn't. No, of course she has. She's still alive. Um, I said, and, and I was crying because I'm an actress and I was crying. My aunt died and I don't know what we're going to do. We don't have any money to buy a plane ticket to get home and we've got to go bury her this weekend. And um, so I need mine and Ted's check a day early. Payday was on Thursday. It was Wednesday. Because I knew, I knew the jerk was going to take our checks and say he had paid for us to move there and blah, blah, blah. So I cried my eyes out. Payroll said, of course, I'll give you your check early. Uh, Send Ted over. And so I called Ted in the newsroom. I said, go over to payroll, pick up our paychecks and bring them to me. He brought them to me. I went flying straight to the bank. My mom didn't raise no fool. I was a Southern girl raised by a mama who wasn't going to take crap. And she taught me. And so I went to the bank and I cashed both of our checks. I had the cash in hand. I was safe with all that. I had my things out of my office that was important. 
because I knew he was going to explode because the guy was so explosive. He was mentally ill. So I go into his office and I say, you know what? Okay. I've been thinking about this for several hours and, and you're right. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to a market twice the size and I'm going to make twice the money. That's what I'm going to do about this situation. And just Miss Albright, how do you think you're going to do that? And I said, um, I'm going to work at 3WE in Cleveland and I'm going to be the midday host and it's all signed, sealed and delivered. So that's what I'm going to do. I don't deserve to be here. I deserve to be in a larger market making a lot more money. He immediately picks up his phone and calls payroll. Can you hold Miss Albright's checks? And then he screamed and he threw the phone down. He literally did the movie deal of clearing the whole desk. All his things went flying in the floor. And I just smoothed out my skirt and stood up and walked out of his office. So, meanwhile. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm I'm in the newsroom doing or about to do my uh, Beth. Beth show is over. This other guy who I do the news for is, is in the middle of a show. It, it becomes the time for the newscast at the top of the hour. That's me. But right before then, I, I hear the guy, I guess I see that the program director had gone in. I could, while I'm doing my newscast, I can see them talking and they're both they like, were fla- best friends. yeah, they're both like of flailing arms were. and everything like, oh my God, I know what's going on. And I'm trying to read my news and, you know, be serious news guy. <clears throat> so then <laughs> I, I, I toss it back, you know, after the news to this, this, uh, shall, this, he shall this not be host, named. Yeah. Right. Um, and then he starts going on a tirade on the air. How awful I am. Does Cleveland know what it's getting? This Beth Albright thinks she can go to Cleveland. And I'm sitting there like on the other side of the booth, like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm her husband. We, we know that, right? You know, we're not going to we're not going <laughs> to do bad this. He badmouthed me so like, badly. Like crazy. And so basically. Jealousy. After, Jealousy will do that. I then kind of just had to walk at that moment as well and quit. On, uh, quit that job, and we said goodbye to that place. Close the door on quickly. On that, quickly, on that weird story. May, Mayflower <clears throat> movers showed up. They packed us up. I we had never had movers. We would we invested in U-Haul, um, and they moved us. And that that three we took care of me. And Bob Tayak was the best best person I ever worked for to this day. But then it's also, it's like, is it a good idea for spouses to Probably work at the not. same place, especially like in the same yeah. department where there's same bosses Because you were going to lose your job. Well, After I, that fiasco, they, were, they yeah, weren't going I to would, keep I, you. Well, yeah, you're going to go on to Cleveland and I'm going to sit there with uh, with this guy. No. Talking. So that was bad. That yeah, was really like, bad for you. It was, it was kind of bad because like, yeah, you... We're leaving. I'm stuck in that position. I'm still there. You made your big dramatic exit and then like leave me <laughs> to clean it up. I kept a little broom back here. It's like, okay, remember, I'm sort Goodbye, of, uh, darling. I'm kind of related to her. And, uh, you know, she's, she, yeah, my wife, uh, he can, he can talk badly about her, but I only let that happen. And then, uh, yeah. quickly and and got out of there so yeah, you, I, I think you, I, you argued I, I went, back with him i did and yeah, then thank you i and i did off the My air too and then, and then got out of there and that was we closed the door on on that chapter. So, oh my God. So yeah, then we wound up in Cleveland <laughs> and that's where you became Mr. Albright. And I'm so oh, sorry God. about that oh, because I became a really big deal in a really short amount of time because my boss was so great at promoting me, put me with Ozzie Newsom. I mean, I was just hanging out with the football players and I mean, it was the best. It well, was the best will, of times will, for me. Anyway. We will talk about that <laughs> and, and uh, I'll talk about my time as a Kelly girl. 
which uh, if anybody knows what that is, which I don't even think that exists anymore. But uh, that, but good after, thing Cleveland didn't last very long either because they been sold a page the station at so. NBC, having been an anchor and a sports, sports anchor, anchor. I was then like a Kelly Kelly Temporary Services Kelly girl um, doing good, typing and, fi- and filing. But no. <laughs> we'll talk about that at a later time. I'm going to have to sit and stew about that one again, even though it's been like 30 years ago. So anyway, yeah. thanks for joining us again. Yeah. And uh, make sure that if you really enjoy this, you can watch our video on our uh, Patreon page. And as I hope some are doing right now, yeah. we're waving to them now. So um, anyway, that's it. How are now. we still married? Uh, oh, my know. God. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but,